Several years ago, I won't tell you how many years ago, thank you, I love you all that are coming forward. The rest of you I don't love. Uh, several years ago, I was fishing, and they caught a lot of fish. And we were at a cleaning station, just a table where you could clean fish. And I was cleaning the fish that we caught, and someone came up. They just got there to the lake, and they said, wow, you caught a lot of fish. I said, yeah, it was a good day. And they said, where did you catch them? And I said, clear down at the other end on the east side. And it was a big fat lot. <laughs> I'd caught them over there. But it's legal to lie when you're a fisherman. <laughs> and so uh, that was on a Friday, I think. And... Uh, I went to church on Sunday, and we had a missionary. It was the church I grew up in. We had a missionary there from the Philippines speaking that particular morning. And his topic was on uh, the devil and how he controls you. And he said this. He said, there's certain sins that the devil is sort of very, very skilled at. I mean, there's just certain ones that he really gets you to do and he'll get you to be enslaved to it. And the more you do it, the more he has control of your life. And he said, let me tell you the number one sin that he is really good at getting you to do. And that is lying. I thought, oh, great. I got to go find that fisherman. <laughs> He's called the father of lies in the Bible. That is the source of the beginner of, the one who initiates, the one who prompts, the one who encourages, the one who tempts us to lie. And as we do that, uh, follow up on the promptings that he puts in our head, then he gains control, uh, greater and greater influence in our life. That is, if you start a little bit, pretty soon, then he has more influence, more influence, more influence, and pretty soon you're just telling whoppers all day long. And sometimes you get to the end of the day and you can't even figure out why you did it. You really didn't need to do it. I mean, they weren't going to go fish in your spot anyway. Uh, it's just because he is the father of lies and he's the one who prompts us uh, to lie. Uh, he tempts us by talking to us and so thoughts pop into our head just at the right time. Just at the right time. Perfect words to say. So we're going to be, by the way, how many of you attend my class on Sunday morning at 10.30 that's in this auditorium? Oh, okay, several of you. The, the lesson I'm teaching tonight is I got a, it intersects that lesson I'm going to teach that I taught and will teach. And I thought, well, if that weren't too many, I might next week save myself a little preparation time and re-preach one of my Sunday morning sermons. But I don't want to do it if there's... I thought if there was only about two or three, I would. But uh, there's more than that. I couldn't see that far back. Um, so, 2 Peter, we're on 2 uh, Peter, the book, and we finished the first chapter. We're on chapter 2 tonight, and verses 1 and 2. False prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master, that is Jesus, who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves. Many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of the truth, that is the gospel, the word of God, will be maligned, or uh, the information, the content 
of the word of God will be presented in a false way, in a wrong way that will mess people's lives up. And so uh, we'll, we'll talk about this tonight. Somebody asked me the other day, they said, Pastor, with all that stuff happening in the Middle East, do you think we're getting close to the end? I said, yep, I think we are. What other signs of the times are there? I said, well, there's a number of them. One of them is that the number of false teaching, false doctrines that are being taught will increase uh, because the devil doesn't want people knowing the truth, so he's just going to have all kinds of stuff out there that's wrong, that's misleading. And so that's going to increase as we get towards the end of the, day, uh, end of the, the time that we're living here. Number one, you know, since the day of Pentecost, when the church, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ began, there have been many false teachers and false prophets. So the, the, both the term false teacher and false prophet are used in these two verses. Let me sh- tell you the difference between the two. A teacher is someone who is going to teach supposedly information out of the Bible. A prophet is one who's giving information that is uh, fresh, new, unique, right straight from God, not in the Bible or from other, some other source. That's what they claim. So you have a false prophet who said, thus says the Lord, God told me this, and it's not true. Or a teacher who teaches supposedly what the Bible says, but it's not even close to being true. It's twisted, it's uh, poorly taught or whatever. So you have the false prophets and false teachers, both of them increasing towards the end of the time. Uh, Number two, false teachers and false prophets are energized by the devil and his demons. Energized, that is their motivated, prompted, and as they teach false doctrine and prophesy false information, the devil is going to get greater and greater influence in their life. And they will feel that, sense that, and they will like that. It's sort of like eating a can of spinach. I mean, if you eat a can of spinach and all of a sudden you feel like, whoa, I feel so good, you'd eat another can of spinach or whatever it was that gave you the energy uh, that you got. And so when a false teacher teaches something that's not true and the devil will energize him and wow, that feels good. I think I'll do that again. And it increases, and his control over them gets stronger and stronger and stronger as they continue to teach and to prophesy information that's not biblical that leads people astray. 1 Timothy 4.1, the Spirit explicitly says, that's the Holy Spirit, third person of the Trinity, that in latter times, that's before we, uh, the Lord returns, Some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. Paying attention to uh, to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. And those will increase. There will become more and more and more information running around uh, about uh, supposedly truth in the Bible and new truth uh, that is being revealed to them. The goal of the devil, number three, and his demons is to lead people astray from the truth so that they will not follow Jesus and that they will be held captive to sin. To lead people astray so that they don't follow Jesus, glorify him, 
and keep them in captive to sin and keep them in the darkness. So, I don't know, if, have you ever heard this? It doesn't really matter if you have what you believe down cold. Just kind of believe something. God doesn't care if you have it down pat, just as long as you're sincere. That's all that really matters. Wow, that sounds cool, doesn't it? Doesn't really matter if you have it right or not, just as long as you are sincere. Where did that come from? Well, the devil wants you to be in darkness. He does not want you to escape from the domain of darkness. Now, the fact is, I have in my house some possessions, things that belong to me. They're mine. Now, if you want them and don't want to buy them or to borrow them, you could sneak over to my house because we never lock our doors and my dog won't hurt you a lick. And you could just steal anything and everything that you want. I have so many tools, you can't believe how many tools I have. You could take them all. Um, if you wanted to, you'd just steal them out of my house. They're my tools, and you could steal them. So who does a person that doesn't know Jesus, has not trusted Jesus Christ as his personal Savior, has not really been, truly been, born again, adopted into the family of God, headed for heaven. So the Bible says they belong to the devil. They're his property. They are part of the domain of darkness. And when we become a believer in Jesus, that is, we understand the gospel clearly and we truly accept him as our personal savior, are born again, our sins are forgiven, God adopts us into his family. The Bible says we are transferred from the domain of darkness into the kingdom of his beloved son. There's a transfer that takes place, supernatural, and we are robbed, as it were, stolen, taken out of, we escape a destiny in hell an eternity in heaven at the point of our being born again. Now, the devil does not want you, doesn't want God, doesn't want Jesus, doesn't want anybody taking what he believes is his. And so he's going to do everything he can to keep that from happening. So let me repeat this real quickly. You, you, you all know it, but I want to make sure you've heard so much you can say it in your sleep. The gospel the gospel. We're saved by the gospel. That is the, the information. That's the gospel. It's the truth that sets us free. And so the gospel isn't just be sincere. That's not the gospel. That's a lie from the pit, from the devil. The gospel is Jesus Christ is God, always has been, always will be, eternal, with the Father, equal with the Father, omnipresent with everything. Jesus is God. Now, false teachers will regularly often teach that Jesus was created, that he's not really God. He's just a high-ranking angel. Jesus is God. Only God could save us. And then he emptied himself. That is, he took what he was as God, his, his power, and he set it aside and he became like 
you and I in every detail, came into this world as a baby, lived a sinless life, lived a sinless life, didn't sin even once though he was tempted in every point as we are. And then he was nailed to a cross by God the Father and your sins, my sins, God did what only God could do. He reached into the past, into the future, plucked our sins off us like apples, put them on Jesus looked at Jesus as if he actually committed the sins I committed, you committed. He became our sin. He felt the shame of that sin. He felt the guilt of that sin. And the Father turned his back on Jesus the only time in all of eternity that had ever happened because Jesus had now become our sin on the cross. And the Father punished Jesus in our place. He took our place, paid our sin, uh, paid the penalty of our sin. He died for our sins, he was buried. And three days later, he rose from the dead and he's alive today. That's the gospel. There's five points. Jesus is God. Jesus became flesh. Jesus lived a perfect, sinless life. Didn't even commit a little sin of thought or attitude. He was punished for our sins, died in our place, and then he rose again three days later. That information is critically important that we know it, understand it, commit to it, receive it, and say, I believe that you, Jesus, died for me, and I accept that free gift. When we do that, we're born again, we're adopted into the family of God, our sins. Now, the devil will do everything to mess that up. He will do everything he can to mess that up so that what you hear is not the gospel. It's a partial gospel or a twisted gospel. But the gospel is essential so that we can be born again, adopted into the family of God, live with him, and he doesn't want that to happen, so he's going to do everything he can to make sure we don't hear it correctly or we don't say it correctly or get messed up somewhere in the process. That's his goal. Number four, every cult, religious group, and weird doctrine taught as from the Bible is a result of a leader or teacher that is a tool of the devil. And the number of those is increasing by the day. Some of you heard of the Roshnishis over in Antelope, Oregon years ago. Now it's a Christian camp. Well, when I was in high school, they were there uh, in full, uh, all their red robes and everything that they did. There, there were quite a bunch of them. And where I grew up in Trout Lake wasn't that far from Antelope. You just crossed the river, drove up to the Dalles, and went up. And, and my dad was a salesman for uh, dairy, some dairy products, and they had a dairy there. They wanted to become self-sustaining, so they actually had a dairy. And he would drive over to sell to them, and I would go with him. And I would observe what was going on in this Roshnishi camp, the uh, craziness. Uh, the, it was absolutely weird and uh, we would drive home and my dad would say I wonder what's wrong with those people I hear they're doctors and dentists and lawyers and why in the world would they be out here doing that crazy stuff and I thought ah, I don't know but it's the devil that's what he does he fools people He's the father of lies. He persuades people that certain things are true and then they need to act and do things in a certain way. 
Number five, there's a difference between a false teaching and a, and a difference of opinion on a particular doctrine. So in the church, uh, we could have a cup of coffee. We could talk about the Bible. We could talk about, do you think Jesus is coming before the tribulation or in the middle of the tribulation or at the end of the tribulation? Now, some of you have different points of view. You could ask me, I'd say, I think he's coming at the beginning. But if I find myself in the tribulation, I'll change my doctrine. <laughs> now, where he comes in the tribulation isn't part of the gospel. And there's differences of opinion on that. Uh, there's more differences in the area of prophecy in the future than probably any area of doctrine. And very little of it has anything to do with the gospel, eternal life. But there's some differences. One of the differences, sometimes people will ask me, are you one of those saved now, saved forever kind of individuals? I said, uh, are you talking about eternal security? He said, yeah. I said, uh, yeah, I am. Well, that's kind of dumb. I'm sorry you think that. So you believe you can lose your salvation? Sure you can. You know, it's okay with me if he thinks that, but uh, if it's, that's a difference of opinion. There's doctrinal differences. That's why you have Baptists and Presbyterians because they have these differences. Somebody asked me the other day, Pastor D, how many times have you spoken in tongues? I said, I never have. You never have? Well, how can you be filled with the Spirit? Well, I didn't want to get into a debate with him, but I says, I, I guess I'll... Maybe someday I will be. We'll see. <laughs> so, you know, whether you're talking about spiritual gifts or eternal security or pre-rapture, post, whatever it is, trip, trip, uh, there's some differences of opinion. That's not what we're talking about when we talk about false teaching. We're talking about information that will keep you in the kingdom of darkness, will trap you in the domain of darkness, will keep you the property of the devil. And when... True believers head for heaven, you're not going to be one of them. The devil wants, you to, wants to keep you in his kingdom, in his domain, and not be part of his family. Number six, a false teaching keeps people in bondage to the devil and to sin in their life. Keeps people in bondage to the devil, headed for hell for eternity, and in their life, they can't seem to get victory over sin. They want to, but they keep falling, gaining, falling, just kind of in a circle in their life. Matthew 24, 4, Jesus answered and said to them, see to it that no one misleads you. That's an interesting statement. That means there's a little bit of responsibility that Jesus is giving us. See to it. That no one misleads you. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will mislead many. Many will come, will mislead many. And Jesus' words to us were, don't let it happen. Number seven, false teachers have a lot to say that is true. But they slip the false stuff in there so we don't notice it. And so it's just a little bit and a little bit and then a little bit and then a little bit more, and then a little bit more, and pretty soon, you're lost. My dad said one time, he said, you know how you get lost in the woods? I said, how's that? He said, one step at a time. 
one step at a time. They make a step in the wrong direction, not totally backwards, you know better than that. It's just a little bit. And you go that way, so then you make a step and you go a little bit, and then a little bit, and pretty soon you're going in the wrong direction. I wish uh, Scott Haven were here tonight. Scott, you're not here tonight, are you? Scott one time was hunting with me back when he was, uh, he's an old man now, but back then he was in high school. And we were at one intersection, the road was going that way and going that way, and it made a triangle. We called it the Iron Triangle. And so the idea was to get somebody at each point of the triangle watching down the road and then sending a couple people through it. It was really thick, so we called it the Iron Triangle, a bunch of down logs and everything else. And so he took off through it, and the idea was to scare what was in there out so the one sitting on the road would see the animals. And so I'm standing there. I've been there about a half an hour, and pretty soon he comes out exactly where he went in. And he looked up at me and waved, and I waved at him, and he walked up to me, and he said, what are you doing over here? <laughs> I, I smiled. I said, Scott, I am exactly where I was when you went in. Well, no, I went in over there. No, no, you went in right there. <laughs> he got totally turned around. One step at a time. One step at a time. How do you get off doctrinally so that you no longer believe the truth of the gospel? Just one step at a time. You know, it starts little. Well, you don't have to go to church. Well, no, you don't have to go to church. And, well, you don't have to read the Bible. Oh, no, you don't have to read the Bible. Oh, you don't have to pray. Oh, I... Pretty soon, you're going in the opposite direction. Going to church doesn't save you. Reading the Bible doesn't save you. Praying doesn't save you. But it isn't too long before what you believe to be true is not true. It's a lie. <clears throat> Number eight, it's important that we are able to identify false teachers. Now, some things I can spot quick. If I'm fishing with a bunch of guys, I go up in Alaska to fish, and you know, it's like what they call combat fishing. There's somebody about every three feet as far as you can see in both directions. Now, when you stand there and watch people, it doesn't take much. I can say, that guy doesn't know how to fish. That guy for sure doesn't know how to fish. Ooh, I got to get away from that dude there. He is like, huh. I mean, they're just not fishermen. I can tell a pretend fisherman from a real fisherman because, you know, when you cast, they cast over your line. When you get a fish on, they cast over your line. They're just stupid. Anybody can tell a real fisherman from a non-fisherman. Well, how do you tell a false teacher? It's important that we identify those dudes. First John 4, 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. They don't believe everybody who says, this is what the Bible says. Don't believe everybody who says, I have a message from God. Uh, but test, are they really from God? Or are they false teachers energized by the devil, the evil one? Nehemiah 6.12, Nehemiah says, Then I perceived that surely God had not sent him. He perceived that God had not sent him. But he uttered his prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. 
He was hired for this reason that I might become frightened and act accordingly and sin so that they might have an evil report in order that they could reproach me. So this guy makes a prophecy about Nehemiah and says, Nehemiah, God told me this is what you should do. And it says, I perceive that surely God had not sent him. What he was saying wasn't from God. Proverbs 14, 15, the naive believes everything. The naive believes everything. Number nine, one of the important responsibilities of pastors, that's me, and local churches is to identify false teachers. I uh, have hunted up in the Steens Mountains for 30 years in a row. And up there in the Steens, at southeast Oregon, there's always a bunch of sheep at different places. And there are some shepherds. And often they, are, uh, they don't speak English very well. They're a Bosque from area in Spain. They're like professional shepherds. And so they have these dogs that are like the size of a horse. Big old things. And uh, occasionally, you know, when we're out there hunting, we'll run into one that speaks English fairly well. And he always has a rifle with him. They're almost always walking. Sometimes there'll be one on a horse. And I, uh, and I say, so that dog, uh, what's he do? He says, kills coyotes. Is he, can he catch? He can catch him in two jumps. And he can kill him with one bite. We walk around the sheep and we protect the sheep from coyotes. I shoot him, my dog bites him. And we don't lose any sheep. I thought, wow, that's quite the dog. Two bites. All it takes to kill the sheep. One shot from him, but they protect the sheep. They're shepherds. That's what shepherds do. Paul in Acts 20, verse 28, be on guard for yourselves. He's talking to the church, the pastors of the church of Ephesus here. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. I know that after my departure, savage wolves, savage wolves, speaking of false teachers, will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves men will arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore be on the alert. Remember that night and day for a period of three years I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. And so that's the admonition to me. Be on your guard for yourself and for all the flock. Among, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And so, <clears throat> you know, I sometimes wish that God would give me permission to shoot people who teach false teaching with a 30 6 and it would be legal. I mean, that'd be like the boss guys with their sheep, but can't do that. I have to talk to them nice. Hey, dude. I know a church in Albany that you would like. <laughs> uh, you know, what do you do? Can't hit him with a stick. Maybe I'll just talk him into going somewhere else. And uh, correcting graciously, Paul told Timothy. Number 10, all teaching must easily be defended by the teaching and content of the Bible. 
In other words, if somebody's trying to defend some teaching from the Bible and they have to do these mental gymnastics and gyrations in order to make it fit, then mm, God gave us the Bible so that we can read it and know the truth. We can read it and know the truth if we read it. And so if there's all these little, uh, 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 you got to turn that corner and you got to do this and you got to, in order to get it, then, uh, there's certain signs of false teachers, and one is they're the only ones who really get it, and they have to teach you what it means. Don't believe anybody who ever says that to you, that they're the only ones who really get it, and you are lucky that they're here teaching you what it really means. 11, extra-biblical revelation is not to be trusted. That is, it's outside the Bible. A word from the Lord a dream, a prophecy, and it's not in the Bible. Somebody asked me, how did Mormonism get started? A dude named Joseph Smith got some revelation right from an angel, wrote it in a book. Uh, and so it's information outside the Bible. It's not true. Revelation 22, 18, I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues which are written in this book. That's the book of Revelation. That's a pretty serious consequence. I used to write in my cover of my books. If you go in my office, I got a lot of books. And I would write in the cover. When somebody said, Pastor D, can I borrow that book? I said, Sure. And I'd open up and I'd write in the cover, this book belongs to D.F. Duke, and if you do not return it to him, all the plagues of revelation will come into your life. And then I would hand it to him. <laughs> I thought, maybe that'll get it back up. So I lost a lot of books. I don't, didn't notice anybody got any plagues come into their life, but uh, maybe they'll read it and get scared. 12, read and know the Bible well so that false teaching creates a discord in your mind and heart. So do you know what that, that means, discord kind of a thing? I, I'm not a particularly good singer, but if you get up here and sing and you hit a wrong note, I will know it. It'll, it'll give me the chivers. We had eight kids. They all took piano lessons from the time they were like, I don't know how old they were when they started taking piano lessons, little. And they would be practicing in there. And I mean, they would hit so many wrong notes that would just go, uh, uh. And Patty's in the kitchen yelling at them, listen, listen. If you listen, you can tell if you hit a wrong note. She would say it so many times, I could say it in my sleep, listen. So if you sing a wrong note, I can hear it. Not because I'm a good musician, but because I listen to good music. And if you read the Bible, you read the Bible, read the Bible every day, every day, somebody teaches you something that's a little bit off, it'll, just, it'll give you the chivers. You'll not sometimes know exactly what's wrong, but you'll know. I think that's a little bit off. You'll know. Uh, the Bible is truth, and you saturate yourself with truth, you will know non-truth when you hear it. Hebrews 5, 12, for though by this time you ought to be teachers. These believers have been Christians for about two years and writers writing to them because they'd kind of backslidden. He said, you ought to be teachers, but 
You have need again for someone to teach you the elementary principles of the oracles of God. You have someone to come back and teach you all about creation and Noah and all that stuff all over again. You've come to need milk and not solid food. Everyone who partakes only of milk is not accustomed, not accustomed to the word of righteousness. Not accustomed to, that means he doesn't read it much. For he is an infant. Solid food is for the mature who because of practice the Greek word there for practice is the word gymnasto. It's where we get the word gymnastics. Who, because of practice, have their senses trained to discern good and evil. Good and evil, not talking there about bad or good behavior. It's talking about truth and that which is not truth. That which is right and that which is false. If you have your senses trained to discern, to hear the difference between truth and falsehood. 13, false teachers will often arise right out of good churches that preach and teach the Bible. They drift away from God and they become easy prey for the devil. They quit reading the Bible. The church attendance becomes haphazard. They don't pray much. They don't have a walk relationship with God. They become easy prey for the devil. And they'll pick up on weird stuff. Acts 20, 29, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock, and from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things. You know what that word perverse means? Stupid. Dumb. To draw away the disciples. To draw away the disciples. True believers, to draw them away from God. Number 14, with the rise of the internet, false teachers are rampant, multiplying like rats. We had a discussion the other day uh, about these pigs that people are hunting now. My brother went down to Texas and shot a couple of pigs with his bow, wild pigs running around. And the ranchers down there hate them because they multiply and they multiply. And so the question is, what multiplies faster? Pigs, mice, rats, or rabbits? So this farmer said, pigs, hand down, hands down. They multiply faster than anything on the planet Earth. And so I uh, recognized that we went from one mouse in our house to 10 mice in a week. And I raised rabbits when I was a kid on the farm. Man, rabbits have a lot of babies. But you know multiplies faster than any of those? False teachers on the internet. Yeah. There's just billions of them, jillions of them. 15, false teachers often have an, easy, uh, have an easily observed interest in money and gain. You see stuff for sale. Hey, $10, I'll sell you the CD. And you can know everything there is to know about the book of Revelation and about the Antichrist. Just 10 bucks. Jeremiah 6:13. For from the least of them, even to the greatest of them, everyone is greedy for gain. Jeremiah, his book, he talks about false prophets and false teachers. And from the prophet even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. They have healed the brokenness of my people superficially, saying, peace, peace, but there is no peace. Were they ashamed because of the abomination they have done? They were not even ashamed at all. They did not even know how to blush. Therefore, they shall fall among those who fall. At the same time that I, I punish them, they shall be cast down, says the Lord. So they're greedy for gain. 16, today a lot of false uh, teaching and phony prophets will give information that revolves around Israel. 
And the reason is because it's got a built-in interest grabber. It's in the news every day. And so you just look on the internet and you'll see stuff popping up about Israel and about signs of the last days. And they will have all kinds of cool things to sell you so that you know what's going on. 17, I don't know if this one got any blanks in it or not. Uh, oh, like one. If we are still around during the 2024 presidential election, and if we're not, it's because my theology is correct and we get raptured before the tribulation. But uh, So if we're still around, there will be more self-proclaimed prophets than you can shake a stick at. Uh, do you remember the last one, 2020? If you went on the internet, I mean, there were so many people telling you what the results were going to be and almost all of them are wrong now those dudes should get stoned but we don't do that anymore 18 false teachers tend to cause disunity in churches so I had a pastor ask me a number of years ago he said I have a guy in my church that wants to teach classes, adult classes, and I let him teach a class, and the result was, man, we had so much arguing and division, and he said, what should I do? I said, hire somebody to shoot him. You don't want to do it yourself, because you might get caught. And he kind of chuckled at that. He said, I wish I could. I said, well, just have a chat with him and tell him that you know of a church in the next town that would love to have him teach in their church. <laughs> Whatever you do, get rid of him. As soon as they start causing problems, division, strife, I mean, know that they're, the devil is energizing that dude. He wants to divide your church. and You've got to protect your church. Don't let that happen. <clears throat> Romans 16, 17. Now I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances. I urge you, brethren, keep your eye on those who cause dissensions and hindrances contrary to the teaching which you learned. Turn away from them, for such men are slaves, not of our Lord Jesus Christ, but of, our, of their own appetites, and by their smooth and flattering speech they deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting. And so Paul says, keep an eye on those who cause dissensions. Number 19, false teachers tend to introduce new and unique teaching. So, I don't know if you are a sucker like I am, but right now, on Facebook, there's these ads that pop up for Christmas gifts, and they're gifts that have, nobody's ever had one like this before. They are new, brand new, unique, do things that you've never heard of. Wow, cool. I would love to get a gift like that, you know. And I clicked on one of them just for fun, just to see some of the comments below, and it was like, rip off, rip off, rip off. Oh, okay, maybe not. Uh, we're sort of attracted to the new, the unique, the never before seen, never before experienced. A lot of false teachers pull the same stuff. Jeremiah 14, 14, then the Lord said to me, the prophets are prophesying falsehood in my name. I have neither sent them nor commanded them nor spoken to them. They are prophesying to you a false vision, divination, futility, and the deception of their own minds. And Jeremiah again in chapter 23, 16, thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who are prophesying to you. They are leading you into futility. They speak a vision of their own imagination, not from the mouth of the Lord. 
Ezekiel 13, thus says the Lord God, woe to the foolish prophets who are following their own spirit and have seen nothing. O Israel, your prophets have been like foxes among ruins. You have not gone up into the breaches, nor did you build the wall around the house of Israel to stand in the battle on the day of the Lord. They see falsehood and lying divination who are saying, the Lord declares. When the Lord has not sent them, yet they hope for the fulfillment of their word. Did, did you not see a false vision and speak a lying divination when you spoke? The Lord declares, but it is not I who have spoken. 20, it is my opinion, this is me, my opinion that most so-called prophets are false uh, so if somebody you hear somebody saying I got a word from the Lord I had a dream I had a vision uh, I would say eh, read the Bible read the Bible Jeremiah 531 the prophets falsely uh, prophesy falsely the priests rule on their own authority my people love it so my people love it so. 21, just because there are signs and wonders doesn't mean that a person is not a false teacher. So the big deal with people that are teaching false information is they will heal someone and then oh, everything they say has to be true. Matthew 24, 23, then if anyone says to you, behold, here's the Christ, or there he is, do not believe him, for false Christ and false prophets will arise, will show great signs and wonders. So as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. They will show great signs and wonders. And they will even mislead those who are born again. 22 false teachers will often be immoral in secret, but it will usually come out. It will usually come out. It usually doesn't take that long. Matthew 7, 15, beware of the false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits, that is, their behavior, by their speech, by their actions, by their moral purity or the absence of it. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit and the bad tree bears bad fruit. So, I may ask you this question how do you know you can believe what I just said? So, another way, besides it's out of the Bible, is I've been standing here for 48 years teaching the Bible. And many of you have known me all those years. And one of the characteristics of false teachers is they're not faithful. They don't do anything in a straight line for very long. Uh, they don't keep their word, their behavior is erratic. And so the best way to know those who are teaching accurately the word of God is look at their lives. And are they faithful over time? Um, Eugene Peterson called it a long obedience in the same direction a long obedience in the same direction. And he said the clearest sign of false teachers is they don't do anything for very long the same way. Uh, they're erratic, they're sporadic, they're not faithful. And so uh, if you listen to somebody and you want to know, I wonder if what they're saying is true, find out about their life.
how they live, how straight their life has been. A long obedience in the same direction is the best uh, proof that someone is genuinely teaching the Bible that there is. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your word. I pray that each of us will read it often, regularly, and that we will be so saturated with the truth that not a single drop of false teaching would ever be able to trick us because we could spot it immediately. I pray, Lord, that we would be those who um, read and teach and influence others with the truth. You said we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. And the devil, the evil one, is constantly trying to twist it so that we'll be in bondage. We love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.